Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Corey Trediak. Now, Corey is awesome, so I'm stoked to share this episode with you. He and I became fast friends after working on a project together, which I want to plug quickly before we get into it. It's a podcast called Light on Light. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just search Light on Light wherever you get your podcasts. At the time of editing, we've got our pilot out and are hoping to have another collection of episodes out soon. It's pretty cool. We talk about the relationship we have with light, both natural and artificial. It's going to be awesome. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Corey Trediak, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thanks, Alex. Great to be here. I'm glad it's great to be here. This is fun. This is guest, your guest number 130, um, which is pretty crazy for me. This episode is actually coming out several months after we're recording it. Uh, so it should be an interesting time capsule for us to, to listen back on and hear. But with that, I always start the interview off with how we know each other. Do you want to fill the audience in on how we got in touch? Yeah. Um, I'm actually not sure how you found us at BNI Entrepreneurs, but uh, you visited us as a guest and been very interested in the, the medium of podcasting. So we had a couple of uh, meetings to talk about podcast ideas, and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> now we're here. I'm showing you what we're what I I do, and uh, we have a project that hopefully, if all goes well, who knows how the next two weeks turn out. If all goes well, we have a really cool project that I'll link down in the show notes. We might talk about that more later. But uh, if it didn't go well, well, hey, it, you know, it's good to know you, Corey. This is fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love what you said about it being a pod, uh, a time capsule because. Sorry, I won't hijack the thing, but we should no, definitely come back to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get back to that uh, because that's something that I look forward to most about these interviews. When they come out, it's my excuse to reach out to old friends and be like, hey, you know, remember when we had that conversation? The episode is out now. And, and then we get to talk about it and they say, oh, I remember that. And I get to ask specific follow-up questions with them privately and just follow up, you know, how are things now? Where are you at? What are you working on? And it's really, really cool to look at the past that way. But let's start by looking at your past, and then we'll move forward to the present. Where are you from originally? Uh, born and raised in Grand Prairie, Alberta. So not too far from here, but mm -hmm. sometimes feels like a faraway place. Yeah, because how, how far of a drive is that? Um, probably, say, 750 kilometers. Um, but depending on who your passenger is and how many times you need to stop, it's about a nine hour drive. Okay. Okay. So it's a bit of a, bit of a jaunt then for you growing up there. What was your experience like? What was your perception of it as a kid? Kind of interesting. I actually have never been asked that question before, but growing up, um, we lived kind of on the outskirts of town. So we we're always, you know, building jumps and hurting ourselves, riding our bikes off of them. Um, there wasn't a lot to do, uh, probably until I was 13 or 14. So we made a lot of our fun most of the time. And sometimes that was uh, more mischievous than, uh, than, than not. Um, but I actually think about this a lot where I think that 
got a pretty significant action bias in life where, you know, if you want to see if something works, just, just do it, give it a, give it a go. And I think that comes from trying to make your own fun when you're uh, kicked out of the house for the day and need to make something, find a way to entertain yourself throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any uh, particularly memorable experiences where you were kicked out of the house, you went off with your friends and, and you, you know, made these jumps and had your fun? Yeah, we lived in a neighborhood called Crystal Lake, I believe, Crystal Heights. And uh, to the north of us was a farmer's field with a, like a tree stand in it. And uh, there was this little body of water there. We, we nicknamed it Peanut Pond. And started building forts out of sticks there. And, you know, over the course of a summer, we had built a pretty impressive little little village uh, in the trees around this this pond. And we were horrified when, you know, as fall came around, uh, the farmer's land was sold and that became a new subdivision uh, where all of our summers of hard work, had, our summer's hard work uh, was basically bulldozed. And now there's a church there actually. Isn't that the worst when somebody buys your property or at least like as a kid, you're like, hey, that was that was my thing. Why'd you wreck that? Yes, it was makes sense now, but felt cruel at the time. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so that was your like your perspective on it as a kid. It was, you know, fun. You went out and had these adventures. And now that you're an adult moved to a bigger city, uh, what's your like looking back on it? What do you see it as, as Grand Prairie and your experience growing up there? I stayed in Grand Prairie for about two years after graduating. And, and it's kind of, I wouldn't say I'm disenchanted, but realized that it wasn't the, the place for me. Um, a lot of my friends who are, are doing well and, and pretty happy in their lives, um, you know, got jobs in the oil field or uh, left town to study. And I didn't really feel like I belonged there. I've always been more concerned about the environment than the average person and um, a lot more, I guess, in tune to what's going on. I I guess I consider myself an empath. So uh, thinking about going to school in Calgary and I have have some family here just seemed like a better place. And yeah, so now I've been here for 11 years and with a brief stint in, I lived in Australia for eight months between Grand Prairie and, and Calgary. Okay, fill me in on the Australia stint. That sounds cool. I was invited by some guys uh, who graduated the year before I did uh, to come uh, backpacking in Australia. So we spent uh, eight months. Some of them spent a year. Some of them spent a couple of months. Um, but it was around for eight. I'm lucky to have an aunt and uncle who live in, uh, in Queensland. It's kind of the tropical region where Australia starts to become tropical. So mangoes, pineapples, etc., sugarcane uh, type thing. So yeah, Australia was a great opportunity. Traveled basically from Sydney to uh, Cairns um, up north and some of it on motorcycle, which was pretty cool. Yeah, Australia is a great place. I've been back probably five times since then. And it's, I kind of think of it as a, a warm Canada. Yeah? What, what yeah. about it strikes you as a warm Canada? There's a lot of similarities in terms of British influence. I'd, I'd say that Australia is much more British than 
Canada, mm-hmm. but people's demeanors are, are pretty similar. Um, and they're just generally friendly. Once they realize you're not American, they're, they're happy to, to chat with you. <laughs> Did you have to announce yourself as, as Canadian? So you would notice that certain people would be tentative around you. They'd, they'd be cautious about how much they opened up to you. And as soon as you mentioned uh, that you were from Canada, like that, that wall just fell down. <laughs> really? Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, it wasn't a problem for me, but I, I did get, I met a lady from Texas uh, when we were in Brisbane and she was going around telling everyone she was in Canada, but just acting completely obnoxiously. Uh, so that was a, I like to think that overall our Canadian goodwill overpowered, you know, this, this one example of someone posing as a Canadian, but yeah. 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 That's like a Canadian's worst nightmare <laughs> is, is seeing an American pretend and ruining it for all of us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anyone can be Canadian, uh, and this person was not acting Canadian. Yeah, that right. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so you go to Australia, and then you come back, uh, and then move move to Calgary. Were you were you going to school? Were you studying here? Yeah, uh, I studied business. At, well, started studying policy studies at uh, Mount Royal because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. One semester of that told me I was better suited to business. Um, so did that. Served on, uh, served as a student governor while I was there. And um, yeah, I didn't end up finishing my uh, degree because I started what would have been, I guess, business number three businesses ago huh. um, while I was still in school and felt that was a better opportunity. Interesting. Okay. So, so this is really cool to me because I think you and I are kind of, we're, we're both into business. We're both self-employed. This is, I mean, that's how we got to know each other in the first place. So what was it that, that drew you into starting businesses? It sounds like you've been doing this for a long time, probably since you were a kid. Am I right? More hustling when I was a kid. (laughs) The first legitimate business, I guess, um, when I was 15 or 16, uh, started building and repairing computers for uh, for people and then later organizations as I got older. Huh. Um, so that was nice to it always still maintained kind of a part-time job. Um, but yeah, it was very nice to make, you know, $65 an hour as a 60 uh, sorry, as a 16-year-old, um, and learned a lot of my early lessons with money kind of in that in that phase. I'm sorry, I missed the question. No, no, I, I was just asking, like, this is something you, you've been doing for a while. And so maybe give me the quick Coles Notes version of, like, each of these businesses leading up to what you're doing now. So started, uh, like most kids do, when I wanted money, I went and shoveled my neighbor's driveways or uh, mowed their lawns, painted their fence, that kind of odd, odd job type stuff. Um, and then kind of worked part-time jobs until starting uh, Dr. PC, which was um, the computer repair thing. And did that for almost three years, uh, left Grand Prairie, went to Australia, came back to Calgary, or came, moved to Calgary. And 
started started as a college for a window cleaning franchise while I was in school and turned into a property management or like property services company. Learn that was probably if I think about all of the businesses I've been involved in, that was one that I learned a lot in, even though it was probably the least successful. That's usually how you learn the most <laughs> from yes. the least success. Yeah. People people always ask, um, you know, if I regret not finishing my degree. And I think, well, if I stayed, I would have paid to learn things. And by leaving, I, I paid to learn things, but just in a different way. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the business prior to this was a company called Adventure Warehouse. Okay. Um, I started in the very beginning of the stages as an employee, um, like two weeks. We were building the desks and shelving um, in the space that they had just taken over. It was a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah, so after a year and a half, almost two years, became a partner and stayed there for another three years before uh, leaving and starting my current business, which is Reliable Lighting Solutions. Okay, so tell me about Reliable Lighting Solutions. This is going to be kind of the... Uh the pluggy section of the podcast. So you can, you can brag and, you know, plug your website and whatever else you want to. Yeah. Um, at our core reliable lighting solutions is, uh, about supporting people and getting the best price for the best designed lights for their space. So we work a lot with electricians, contractors, property owners. And so we supply a variety of lighting products. What are, what our passion is and, what also our podcast that we're working on uh, is about is what I consider to be the future of lighting. Um, we evolved under, uh, well, one light source in the beginning. And then and once we harnessed power, there were, there were two. Um, so obviously that's the sun and, and fire. And we're finding that exposure to different colors and intensity of light uh, has a really profound impact on our health. So one of the easiest ways to understand that is um, with the blue light filter on your phone. So reducing blue light before bedtime reduces, uh, helps you fall asleep faster. Uh, it also helps you stay asleep longer. So you get a much better quality sleep. We're, so that's, that's one aspect. But there are something like another 170 processes that our body uh, does throughout a day, and they are all tied to light. We're kind of making our way in this new area of lighting. There are very few companies in the world who are doing it. Um, it is definitely an element of architectural design, uh, but only in the last, say, three to five years have we really understand our, how profound our relationship with light is. And so now our job is to communicate that and find the solutions that interact with our biology in the right way for, for the right situation. Yeah. You, you mentioned that as a, as a kid growing up, you had a lot more interest in the environment and that you were just kind of a lot more aware of those things. And so it seems, it seems like right up your alley that this is, you know, you would go into lighting, but you wouldn't just be doing lighting. You would be doing like lighting that takes care of you physically and tries to be, you know, um, you know, good for you and your, and your personal life experience. Is that accurate? Like, am I reading that right? Very astute, actually. Um, I love the wholesale side of our business. I, I love meeting the, uh, the people that we do and working on some really interesting projects. 
the thing that is missing for me is the is the impact on people. How does this make people's lives better? And um, there are definitely tangible ways in which light can affect either a business, the way it operates, um, you know, reducing costs, uh, making the space safer for their employees. But I can say that this is the this this new realm of lighting is is a combination of all of those things. It will have a profound impact on people's lives. Yeah, that is really cool. I I like uh, I like it when somebody's career just seems so perfectly tied to what they care about, you know, instead of it ah, pays the bills kind of thing when it's like, oh, no, like I get to help people, you know, do things with their lighting in their space that can help them feel happier, that can help them wake up and go to bed and, you know, help with all these other natural processes. So I, I think I think that's really cool. As we move into the future, as we get into the tail end of this podcast here, what do you hope to see happen with your with your company, but also with just lighting in general? How do you hope to make those those changes? That's a, another great question. You're very good at this, Alex. <laughs> it's like I've done a lot of them. I was going to say 136 <laughs> uh, times at least. A book I read recently asked uh, to, to journal kind of a vision for myself in the future. And the first thing I wrote down is that I want to be the best in, uh, in human-centric lighting or biocentric lighting. But thinking a little bit further on that, I don't, I don't, I think that's my ego. I think the better um, wish I have for myself is that I want to be part of the best projects in lighting in the world. Mm. There is no one person who's smart enough to, to do it all themselves. And so, yeah, my, my vision is to create the team of people who, who can, so collectively as a team, we can be the best. Right. From a technological standpoint, I'd say within five to 10 years, if we can have individualized light for everyone in a space, I think that's a, that's a, a huge goal to have the ability for you to recognize how you feel in certain lighting, um, adjust the lighting to, to your preference, to your body's preference, and to be able to bring that light with you wherever you go, whether it's driving to work or um, you know, at work, uh, have it personalized for you. That's really cool. Yeah, okay, now I'm starting to dream up this you know beautiful, super neat, uh, almost magical, uh, magically personalized future uh, with this biocentric lighting. That yeah, that is that is really cool. Obviously, I really I really like what you do. And in in relation to that, as we're talking about the the future and how it relates to what we're doing right now, you mentioned at the beginning um, your interest in this being a bit of a time capsule. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Somehow, uh, I shared my vision of uh, lighting education with you, and you, I, we decided to, to work on a, a podcast project together. So we're currently uh, concurrent to this, basically, uh, recording an episode that will serve as a pilot for uh, what we're calling Light on Light. And the goal really is to help everyday people understand how profound our relationship with light is. It's, uh, you know, 
for the 170 plus processes attached to our circadian rhythm, which is cued by light, there are subject matter experts who are passionate about that, that highly specific area. The, the goal of the podcast is to help create a bridge between the, the scientists, the PhDs of the world who are doing cutting edge research and helping people understand what that means for their everyday life. So we're starting with the pilot. We're, we're keeping an open mind, accepting that, you know, it might not be what, it might not be a hit. Maybe we get three listens and then uh, that's that. I think we're both really open to the experience, which is uh, pretty cool. But if it goes well, uh, the goal is to make it a, uh, a self-funded educational piece, you know, as soon as, as soon as possible. I think I, I won't spoil it all now, but uh, our first episode is going to be explaining a little bit more about circadian rhythm and, and what that means for, for our health. Uh, the proof that it is a real thing, that it's not just, uh, not just made up, how our environment currently affects it. And the fun part, I think, is what can we do? How can we control our environment to bring about the desired effect? of alertness, relaxation, there's a, uh, it's surprising. We often don't think about how lighting affects our mood. And that's the goal of the podcast is to, to get people to think about it and recognize that there's, it's a huge part of our lives. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and, and hopefully you can accomplish that. I've got one last question for you because I know we're going to keep this episode a little shorter than I usually have them, but I know you've got to go. So last question, and that is at the end of your life, when you're looking back on all the experiences you've had so far and all the experiences you've yet to have, hopefully you've brought biocentric light at least a little bit further into people's consciousness so that we can actually, you know, take care of ourselves a little bit more through the, the lighting around us. So at the end of your life, when you're looking at all these things you've hopefully accomplished, what are going to be the things you look back on with the most pride and satisfaction? I think that, you know, regardless of where I end up career and business wise, um, if I'm able to maintain a dedication to supporting the communities that I'm a part of, that's to me, a life well lived. I like that. Yeah. And, uh, with that, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. This was fun. My first podcast experience. And thank you for listening. Not just to the show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more so to the people around you, the people from your everyday life that you just happen to know. Make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.